The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A ridiculous conspiracy starts a war between conspiracy theorists. Then we go back to the conspiracy theory iceberg to explore the idea that before Jeffrey Epstein died, he was investing copious amounts of money to advance artificial intelligence. Is Jeffrey Epstein now living in cyberspace? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have a great weekend when you're listening to this. This is the last episode. I'll be on vacation. I'm going to take a week off. Next week is going to be repeats. I don't know what the theme is going to be yet. Hey, I'm uh, Jason from the future here. I'm jumping in real quick. I know the audio quality is not that great. There will not be repeats next week. This episode's coming out, and there will be no repeats next week. I just need a break. Even the repeats, it's a lot of work to get those episodes ready. I've been doing, uh, coming up on episode 500, and I put these last 15 episodes out. I recorded them all over the course of about nine days. So I need a flat, straight, (laughs) do-nothing week. So there are going to be no repeats this week this is the last episode you're getting we'll come back on the show will have its next episode on august 3rd will be the next one so have a great day guys have a great week i am going to do nothing absolutely nothing dead rabbit radio related i really need a break and then after that i will be back home but i'm recording this way in advance And I'm relaxing while you're listening to this episode. I've had three long weeks of doing nothing but watching Sci-Fi Channel original movies. Let's go ahead and give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, Duncan Allen. Duncan, thank you so much for continuing to support the show. You are going to be our captain, our pilot, whatever vehicle we take you're going to be in charge of today. If you can't support the Patreon, that's okay too. Just help get the word out about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Duncan, let's go ahead. Let's start off in the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We are going to head out to your local basketball arena. (laughs) We just go like two feet and jump off. Now, I don't know where any basketball arenas are around in Oregon, but we're at one. I'm sure there's one in Portland. So we're there. People are shooting hoops. The Portland Trailblazers, that's a team, right? So we show up. We're all wearing Portland Trailblazers. I hope they're a team. I hope they're a basketball team. I'm pretty sure they are. We're going to show up. We're going to be those fans that only cheer for them when they're winning. Yeah, you guys rock. Woo, look at my new tattoo. This was actually requested by Bud Heavy on YouTube. It's funny. Recently, I did a sports conspiracy theory about baseballs being juiced. And it was a pitcher for, I think it was the Astro Houston Astros named Verlander, who thought that the MLB was, they'd bought the people who made the baseballs, Rawlings, I think it was, and that they were making the baseballs easier to hit home runs. It's a conspiracy. And a lot of you guys really liked the sports conspiracy theory, and Bud Heavy recommended this one to me. I thought it was a joke. A lot of times when you guys send me conspiracy theories, I'm like, ah, they're just messing with me. This is real. People real. Okay, it's not real in that case. People actually believe this. So we're at 
the Portland Trailblazers. They're shooting hoops. They're getting ready for a big game. And we see one of the players, you know, the famous one, you know, the one everyone loves. He's looking around. He looks suspicious and he reaches into his pocket and then he starts rubbing the ball. He's rubbing the ball, the basketball. Don't get dirty. And then he shoots it. He shoots the ball and it's like not going to go in. And then we see it arc like 90 degrees to the right and go right in the rim. And then he looks up, he gives a thumbs up to the person in the control booth. And the person in the control booth has their arms crossed and they're just shaking their head menacingly. And they're like, what? What? What was that? And then the basketball player that everyone knows and loves gets down on one knee. Now he's normal height with us. He's like Duncan, Jason, Dead Rabbit Radio listener. I'm about to blow a lid on the conspiracy theory and it's going, it's possibly going to ruin my career. You know me, the most popular player on the Portland Trailblazers. You see... We put magnets in the ball. The ball itself, and then we see a computer-generated image, a little 3D image of a basketball, and it's like the wire mesh. The basketball itself looks all orange and bumpy, but actually inside of it, it is orange and bumpy, but inside of it's thin layers of magnets. You see, you thought the rim was simply metal because <laughs> because that's the way they designed it, but no. So, you know, the basketball hoop, we're like, yeah, we know what a basketball hoop is, dude. We're not idiots. He's kind of, his eyes are looking from side to side. He's like, you don't even know my name. Basketball hoop also has magnets in it. So what, and we're like, what, wouldn't it repel it? And he goes, technically, yes. But you see that dude up in the booth? The guy has his arms crossed. He's just been nodding the whole time, menacingly. He actually has a neck condition. I'm like, I hope he feels better. The whole game's fixed. Basketball's fixed. Every sport is fixed. But you also have like physics and stuff to take into account. So I will shoot the hoop and there's magnets in the ball. And then the dude will hit the button up there, and it will attract the ball. Or, if we're not supposed to make the point, the magnet will shift polarity, and it will repel the ball. Every single hoop shot you see, which if that's a term, is from the direction of that man. He's hitting that button. There's two versions of the conspiracy theory. That's actually the most popular one. That there's magnets built into the ball. And what's interesting, the other one is that, the one I originally said, you put the magnets on the ball yourself. One of them is the player themselves are cheating the system. The other one is that the whole NBA is a fix. The one with the magnets being put on the ball, that actually started off as a joke. David Blaine does a ad for the NBA Finals, and he's like, watch me make this perfect shot. And he has magnets, and he puts them on the ball, and he makes the perfect shot, and he goes... Look at these two players giving each other high fives. That means he's getting more magnets. Don't believe me? Watch the NBA. That's a joke, obviously. He's a master illusionist. He did it somehow. Either he can make a shot like that or some sort of trickery. That's where that came from. But there's a lot more people saying that the whole game is rigged and the rim is metal. Now, what's funny about this is I was when I was researching this, this one really gets people mad. I saw more people. I saw as many people argue about this. As I see argue about Flat Earth, this one really makes people mad because it basically comes down to two groups. of The Flat Earth thing is people who they go, well, I've never been off the Earth and you've never been off the Earth. So who can say what's true? And you're like, yeah, I haven't been off Earth, but I understand. I understand how spatial relations work and da, 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 da. You have this argument number. This one, and you're right. Neither of us have been off the Earth. You're right. So I have to go off math and theory and you go off of observation and no math and no theory. This one's basically a war between people who have never dribbled a basketball in their life and people who have. When people bring this up, people get so mad. Because they go, this is easily testable. 
take a basketball, go outside, dribble it, and start shooting hoops. And you'll understand. Because there's footage of like balls landing right on the rim and just balancing there. There's one famous one that you see in all these YouTube videos about this. The ball like gets stuck back there. It gets stuck. Now that shot was made by like a person trying to win $1,000. He shoots and it lands not on the rim, but on the thing that connects the rim to the backboard. Just sitting there. And people go, what about that, huh? They're holy magnet. Holy magnets can make that work. And people are like, basketballs aren't full of anything. They're air. And so when it hits, sometimes it'll jam. They go, you can go out and play basketball with your buddies and weird stuff will happen. There's nothing new with magnets. No one's hitting on magnets. And and they get really, really mad. And what's funny is some of those people who believe that it's, there's no fix, they may believe in flat earth. They may believe in all these other theories. But because they've had hands-on, literal hands-on experience with the basketball conspiracy theory, they may believe the weirdest conspiracy theories. But this one makes them mad. Because they're like, dude, listen, I've played basketball in high school and I've seen weird stuff happen all the time. There's no magnets, bro. And I'm like, well, you know, just asking questions. I'm sure a lot of like 9-11 truthers who really believe that space lasers took out the Twin Towers would get in your face if you told them that basketballs had magnets in them. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. We're not going to troll them. But people get really, really mad when you bring this up. It's quite funny. And... Let's say the 9-11 was an inside job thing. People will go, 9-11 was an inside job. And they are talking about thermite and all that stuff. And you'll answer those questions. And they go, well, maybe it was space lasers. They have to evolve the mythology. They've already done this with the basketballs have magnets. Because the theory isn't just... Because then people go, what about football? If they have magnets... People go, oh, no, no, no. Footballs have magnets in them too. And they can reverse the polarity of the goalposts. And people are like, not every... Football point is made through the goalpost. Sometimes people, you know, football's mostly people throwing the ball. Well, they have magnets in their gloves. They have magnets in their gloves. This one guy went so far to say that UFC is fixed. Now, what's funny is there's two different theories here. One is that sports are fixed, which I think isn't even a conspiracy theory. I think you would find a lot of that may not be on a league level. It could be on a player level. But that's not, that's not even a conspiracy theory. That's like saying it rains in Seattle. You're like, yeah, sometimes. Did you know, did you know that in UFC, your gloves and your shoes have magnets in them? And to make it work, that's bad enough getting punched with a magnet. And your mouth guard is made of metal. Did you know that? Did you know that that's the reason whenever you see a UFC fight, every single punch goes straight to the jaw and everyone is dead at the end of a fight and has no teeth? People go, oh, no, 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 it's magnets, it's magnets all the way down. Magnets in your teeth, and then I have maybe fillings, maybe, but you have magnets in your gloves, so every punch, because, you know, no one ever gets, like, you know, picked up in UFC, no one ever gets, like, you know, punched in the stomach, it's always in the teeth. And then, of course, I think the puck, I think the puck in hockey is just one giant magnet, I think is the thing. And they'll always show video of these one in a million shots, these one in a million shots. I remember, it's so funny, Roger Ebert wrote a review a long time ago that, it was Wayne's Brothers. It was one of the Waynes. Did that movie, The Sixth Man, about the guy who dies and his ghost comes back as a basketball player and it's like helping the team win. And Roger Ebert gave the movie zero stars and he goes, listen, I, cannot, I can guarantee you that <laughs> basketball fans are so obsessed over the simple physics of the game. If a ghost, if, if a ball was about to go in the hoop and then it did a loop-de-loop and then landed in the other team's hoop, 
there would be an out. People would be rioting in the streets. The fact it's so funny because he hated the movie so much. He was breaking it down on that level. He's just like no one would watch a game if that happened once. He goes, there would be commissions brought up to figure that out, and they'd be watching that footage over and over again. And the movie was dumb. He gave it zero stars. But that's the thing. If there were magnets and all these balls, you would have constantly, constantly. It wouldn't be one in a million clips on you. Every single clip would be. And again, in the sports section, an impossible basketball shot was made. It's really easy conspiracy theory to test, obviously. You just keep playing basketball and you'll see one in a million shots happen. So you can easily test it, just people don't want it. People want to believe that there's magnets in the basketballs for whatever reason. Again, you can make the argument that stuff is fixed. I've actually come across quite a few conspiracy theories involving sports. Michael Jordan owed money to the mob, so they cut his finger off. That's one of them. And then Michael Jordan, <laughs> sorry, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, I guess, was betting on games in the NBA, saw what happened with Pete Rose in the Major League Baseball scandal, so they just let him go for a couple of years and he went and played baseball. They didn't want that to get out. There's been a couple stories, a couple sports conspiracy theories that I've come across, but the magnets in the basketball, I think, is the most Looney Tune conspiracy theory. But if you guys have another one, and again, thank you, Bud Heavy. I really thought this was a joke when you sent it over. If you guys know of any other Looney Tune conspiracy theories, send them on over. I have seen the video where Shaquille O'Neal freezes for five minutes, by the way. That is weird. I'll put that in the show notes. He's just standing there. He's not playing a game. It's not like the whole game's going on. He has the ball in his hand, and everyone's like, what's going on? He's doing the news show. He's doing like some morning... NBA show or whatever, and he's just staring at the camera. It's really creepy. It's really creepy. It's like that Al Roker one where they said, you need space for Jesus, and Al Roker froze for like two minutes on live television. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. But anyway, so those uh, the Shaquille O'Neal one will be in the show notes. I'll put the Al Roker one in the show notes, too. I recommend watching those. They're really creepy. Okay, so, Duncan. We're done. Duncan shots. What? Duncan's probably like, dude, you know, I've been hearing that joke for 20 years. Okay, Duncan, sorry. So, Duncan, let's go ahead and hop in that carbon copter. We're going to wave goodbye to the Portland Trailblazers. Bye. We're going to take off. We are headed out. We have a giant magnet. All their balls are bouncing up towards the helicopter. They're like, no. The guy's still nodding his head. We're flying. He's just in, and Shaq's frozen behind him. We have, we've stolen all the basketballs with our giant magnet. We are flying now to the Virgin Islands. This might actually be, I think, for a long time, the very last time I'm going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein on this show. Because we've talked about him a lot in the past week. Talked about him. Not, not, I just don't like the subject matter. Like, honestly, like, I think this is an interesting conspiracy theory. I found an interesting angle on it. But I'm pretty done talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Unless, again, some huge news comes out with Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm kind of over it. I don't, I don't like the subject matter. I don't like covering it on the show in general. I think a lot of the times you guys pick up on that when I don't go into detail with a lot of true crime stuff. I don't really like the subject matter to begin with. But I find this is an interesting weekend. I think Jeffrey Epstein is a weirdo, to say the least. He's a pervert and a weirdo. But this story is interesting. This is actually from the conspiracy theory iceberg. And the phrase on the conspiracy theory iceberg is Jeffrey Epstein AI. Let's bring the helicopter nice and low. We're flying over the Virgin Islands. We are not going to Jeffrey Epstein's Island. I don't want to be anywhere near it. We're going to land on a beautiful yacht. And we're going to be a thousand miles away. Me and Duncan and you sitting there drinking Mai Tais and watching the sunset in the complete opposite direction of that scumbag's island. But this is an interesting conspiracy theory because, again, I think I found, a, a, I think I found some weird stuff with it. 
So he was, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was originally arrested in 2008, and he did like a couple months in jail. What was interesting about that was that it was so mundane. It was literally a dad. I mean, the crime was horrific. I'm not saying the crime was mundane, but Jeffrey Epstein, this powerful, world-connected dude, some dad called up the police and said, hey, this guy molested my daughter. And the cops were like, okay. And they went and they arrested him. It was, that was, I, I didn't know it was like that. I, I mean, I knew he got arrested, but it was literally like how you would catch the neighborhood pedophile. Despite all of his contacts and everything, he got picked up pretty easily. And he did a couple of months in jail and then was released on work release. And the prosecutors were like, this guy, they said that he was probably the most prolific child molester they'd ever come across. They were saying in U.S. history. But, you know, he had, he did have connections, but the fact that he got arrested in the first place was odd. I thought it was a, like a long investigation. It was some dad called up. It, they may have been a long investigation after that phone call, but it was literally, I thought they would have just blown it off or give the dad money or something like that. So he did get arrested though in 2008. I want to say this too before I go any further. Everyone that was in a photo with Jeffrey Epstein, everyone who came in contact with Jeffrey Epstein, everyone who was on one of his foundations or something like that, I do not believe that every single person that's associated with Jeffrey Epstein knew what he did. I think I think there was, it was like a, a Harvey Weinstein thing. There were people who absolutely knew what he was doing. And then you heard rumors, and then there was people who had no idea. Because one of the guys that he rolled with, no pun intended, was Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking got a ton of money from Jeffrey Epstein because Jeffrey Epstein was donating millions of dollars to all sorts of science programs, including individual scientists. Do I think Stephen Hawking was engaged in this behavior? No, I don't. Do I think Elon Musk was engaged in this behavior? No, I don't. I think there's, and I could list all the people I do think or might think, that's not what this show is about. But what I'm saying, because Elon Musk says that he got photobombed by Ghislaine Maxwell... I don't think that every single person that came across Jeffrey Epstein is involved in this because I'm going to talk about companies and I am in no way implying or would ever imply that the companies that he donated money to was involved in his disgusting lifestyle in any way, shape or form. I think for the most part, he kept it hidden. I think there were powerful people he was connected with who knew. I think there were people on the outsider who heard rumors and then there's people who'd have no idea. In 2008, you would know or you would have a whisper. The rumors came a little more true. Ah, oh, no, I was just some dad. Da, 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 da. So in 2000, though, before any of this stuff was really coming to light, Jeffrey Epstein starts the Jeffrey Epstein VI Foundation. VI does not mean six in Roman numerals. VI stands for Virgin Islands, which is where Epstein Island was located. So right off the bat, super gross. What does Jeffrey Epstein VI Foundation do? He gives Harvard a ton of money to set up the program for evolutionary dynamics. And they start working on how math, how mathematical formulations uh, work in evolution. He's donating money to them. He supports this YouTube channel called NeuroTV. And he would bring on philosophers and psychologists. And they would talk about how the brain functioned. That's gone, by the way. All the videos are gone. The YouTube channel is gone. It's completely ghost. As a representative of the Jeffrey Epstein VI Foundation, he was allowed to sit on these other boards. He was also a member of the Trilateral Commission, and he was a member of Council for Foreign Relations. Trilateral Commission and Council for Foreign Relations is boomer conspiracy theory. I was 12 when I was reading about the Trilateral Commission. I was literally, where 30 years ago I was reading about how they were taking over the world, Council of Foreign Relations taking over the world, Bilderberg Group. I was aware of all that stuff. 
before a lot of you guys was born. And I'm not trying to, like, flex on you. I'm just saying, like, those are really old-school conspiracy theory groups. So, again, I'm not saying Harvard is part of this. I'm not saying Trilateral Commission. or I can't believe I'm defending. You'd ask me 30 years ago, if, Jason, are you ever going to defend Trilateral Commission Council of Foreign Relations? On a podcast, I'd be like, what's well, a podcast? But I go, well, no, because they're these, I just think, I, I, they definitely, I don't know if they have my best interests at heart. I think they are high, high level international groups. I don't know if they care about Jason Carpenter, but I'm not also going to paint them with the brush because they have a pedophile in here. Any more so, here's a perfect example, any more so than the head of Subway hiring Jared Fogle. Or even even the advertising camera crew with Jared Fogel, or his personal assistant. Like at a certain at a certain point, do you hold Jared Fogel's accountant? Do you think he was involved, or she shouldn't be sexist, but do you think they were involved in his disgusting habits? And we have a tendency to do that with every time a photo pops up of Jeffrey Epstein, people go, "Ah, Matt Groening flew on Jeffrey Epstein's plane." Do I think Matt Groening? And the, and the girl who actually is one of the main witnesses, uh, Virginia Guffrey, she said that she had to give Matt Groening a foot massage. And people were like, whoa, look at Matt Groening's on the Lolita Express. Even that girl, that's the only thing she knows about Matt Groening. Yeah, he flew on the plane and gave him a foot massage and his feet were gross. That was kind of the end of the story. So just because people are associated with Jeffrey Epstein does not necessarily make them complicit in the crimes. Doesn't, I mean, it's definitely not a good look, right? It's definitely not a good look. I yes, mentioned on an episode this week, Steel Sharpened Steel. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. you got to watch out who you're in company with. But I, I realize I'm preaching now. Let's get on with this. Jeffrey Epstein is head of the Jeffrey Epstein Found, VI Foundation and allows him to sit on all these boards. The dude has a ton of money. We still don't even know how he got his money. They say he was a hedge fund manager. He had one client. I personally think he got the bulk of his money by running this human trafficking thing, this prostitution ring. I think people, I, I see, again, I have put another caveat in there. I do think he had high-level clients that were engaging in this sicko behavior. But I don't think it's every single person he ever took a photo with. But I do think he was making money doing it, and I think there are very, very powerful people. There are, his, his clientele were powerful people. I'm just not saying it's not every powerful person he's ever worked with. Defending the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> Anyways. As a representative of the foundation, he sat on the Mind, Brain, and Behavior Advisory Committee at Harvard. He was also involved with the Santa Fe Institute, and they're a massive think tank. They're doing, they're basically, their job is to sit around and think of the future, think of the way that all these things are going to impact stuff. So he's focused on technology, he's focused on science. The, one of the big things I want to focus on is a group called OpenCog. They were working on an open source AI program. This was fascinating. They wanted to build an AI that you could then implant into a robot. And they had set it up like this. They call it atom space. There's thousands of atoms in atom space, which would be this virtual avatar. The problem they go, the problem with the way that uh, we're doing machine learning versus the way humans learn is that humans learn, oh, I have a fun time when I'm recording a podcast, but it hurts my back. A robot will really just be like, record podcasts would be the first command. Second command would be input joy, level three. And then it's a level five. I love doing this show, but out of five. But then it's like back hurts, 30%. You know, humans, though, associate memories, smells. Like we, it's, we walk down the street, we smell, we feel the wind on our face. We associate that with playing in great-grandma McGee's backyard. 
we have association. So what OpenCog was trying to do, and one of the things they thought, they were trying to also use it for video games, the super advanced AI, that it would combine things like objects, actions, and feelings. Here's a quote from one of the articles I read. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know. I think it was actually from Jeffrey Epstein's um, blog. We'll get into that in a second, but here's this quote. Every time a character encounters objects or concepts in its environment, a new atom is created in that character's atom space. Associations are also recorded as a character moves from one concept to another. Upon repetition, associative links get stronger, influencing a character's pathway choices and building associative memory. Have you guys ever played Fear? It's a video game, first encounter response, first encounter advanced response, I think is what it stands for. It's basically the the movie The Ring, but it's also a first person shooter. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal video game. I've replayed it multiple times. It's it's too scary for me now, too spooky. But the AI in that game, even the game came out in the early 2000s. The AI in that game is still considered to be top notch. Uh, characters, the villains, they're you're fighting against other armed characters. They get scared. They'll outflank you. They go into a room and they know that they're outgunned. They'll go through another door. They'll flip a table over, hide behind it, and wait till you appear. It's a fascinating AI. I watched the whole video on just how they programmed that. What OpenCog wanted to do was something like that, where you would have a video game character be able to exhibit fear, read the room, figure out the best way to go. Should it just run off to a different part of the level and wait for you there? In fear, they'd call in reinforcements. It's it's amazing. OpenCog wanted to go past that. But they weren't only focused on video games. Obviously, that would be a huge moneymaker. Imagine a game like GTA V where your notoriety rises over time. So you start off playing the game, and you piss off the cops and eventually you know you get the wanted star level and stuff like that and then it goes away after a certain point what if over time your actions in the game made pedestrians afraid of you people were moving through the city differently depending on if you were coming down the street if they recognized you you'd have to constantly change your clothes hitman kind of did something like that but in an open world game everything's constantly evolving or if you're a hero if you're doing stuff that people like people start like giving you high fives or giving you money i mean a living world. That's kind of what OpenCog was looking at. But they didn't want to just limit it to a video game world. They were wanted to try to get this into the body of an Android. Machine learning through associations. That was actually, I'm looking farther down my notes as I'm going through. The quote that I gave you was from a Forbes article that was taken down. I actually used the Wayback Machine. It was Forbes article, Science funder Jeffrey Epstein launches radical emotional software for the gaming industry. Was how that was explained. We have that. So we're looking again at the conspiracy theory iceberg. Jeffrey Epstein, AI. So we have that. We had interest in AI. Is that enough to appear on the conspiracy theory iceberg? Maybe. But let's table that for a second. He also had an interest in cryogenics. He had an interest in freezing his brain. He had a specifically an interest in freezing his brain and his penis. He believed in eugenics. That What's funny was that was actually a concern as well. People go... Yeah, he got accused of this girl who was like 14 or 15. He got accused of doing something inappropriate. And he served a couple months in jail. And that's awful. But, and I'm not adding the but, that's awful. But he also supports eugenics. So as a scientist, should you take money from someone who supports eugenics? And the scientists are looking at it and it's they go, listen, I need money to do my research. I don't really care where it comes from. I'm sure some of them would say, no, I'm not saying Stephen Hawking said that. I'm not saying Stephen Hawking's like, dollar dollar bill, y'all. I don't care where it's at. Some people probably did walk away from the money, but he had millions of dollars to give. And again, no one really knows where it comes from. I think it was from trafficking. I think it was from human trafficking. But 
He wanted to freeze his head. He wanted to freeze his penis. He wanted to have a baby ranch, which is a great name for a band, but it's a horrible idea to have in real life. He wanted to impregnate 20 women at a time and have them spread his seed through the world. He's just going to have this ranch. Maybe they'd be free-range pregnant women. We don't know. Maybe he's a true environmentalist at heart. He'd let them go out during the day and then rustle them up back at night. But he wanted to have a baby ranch. That hasn't... You know, know, it's interesting. I said, or was about to say, that hasn't happened. But then I realized, we don't know. World's a big place. And when you have that much money, we don't know. There could be an Epstein baby ranch somewhere out there. It's funny. I just realized, I just kind of caught myself. There 100% that could exist. So, conspiracy theory iceberg. Jeffrey Epstein, AI. I think we could take a look at this. He's interested in cryogenics. He's interested in artificial intelligence. He died in a way that kept his brain undamaged. Broken bones in his neck, which occur in 25% of hangings, of lean-in hangings. He died in a way that kept his brain from being destroyed. He didn't get shot, he didn't get gassed, he didn't get electrocuted, he didn't get shivved, he didn't fall off a cliff. So I think we can look at the conspiracy theory iceberg as this. His brother ended up claiming his body, taking Jeffrey Epstein's body after the autopsy. And the body is now buried in a, I believe it's Florida graveyard, but I could be wrong on this state. And we can do the conspiracy theory thing where his brain is removed, even during the autopsy, because he had money ready to go. He had a will. Everyone knew exactly what they were getting. Ghislaine is trying to get some money for her legal expenses from his estate right now. Because they broke up in like the 90s. Like they hung about and she allegedly helped him do, I have to say allegedly with her because She's still alive. Hopefully she lives a long life and we figure out what's going on. But they, they, she wasn't around the whole time. So she's not in the will. But anyways, we can say that there was payments made and his brain was removed during the autopsy and taken to some secure location that only a millionaire could ever possibly afford. Staffed with medical texts that you're going to be paid through the will. And they take Jeffrey Epstein's brain. They put it in that cryogenic chamber. Psh- All the electrodes hooked up to that gray matter. The program starts running. You see, he wasn't trying to create a virtual world for video games or a virtual world for robots. He's trying to create a virtual world for himself. Because he was obsessed with cryogenics, with eugenics, with living on past your time and leaving a legacy past your time. And now... He exists in a virtual world. Not only a virtual world, but a virtual world that is populated with people who are constantly learning, like humans. It would be no fun being trapped in a virtual world full of robots, being trapped in a virtual world of automatons. You'd want to be trapped in a virtual world, if you're going to be trapped in a virtual world, trapped in a virtual world that seems real. And for it to seem real, the hardest part to simulate is other people. You can simulate a sunset. You can simulate a waterfall. Can you simulate another person? If you work on the technology, you can. So Jeffrey Epstein in our world may have escaped justice by, quote-unquote, killing himself, right? But in the virtual world, that's what he planned all along. He knew eventually he was going to die, and whether it was by his own hands in his jail cell, whether it was an assassin in his jail cell, that was a better way out than dying on a bunk in the middle of the night or getting shivved in the lunch line. He could live in the virtual world, the virtual world he created. 
A virtual world where everyone loved him. A virtual world where his victims were extremely lifelike. It would be the perfect world for a narcissist like Jeffrey Epstein to live in. But there's no such thing as a perfect world. You know, it's really interesting. I planned on ending the episode like that. But I came across some information when I was researching this. I found Jeffrey Epstein's blog. I, I, I found it profoundly fascinating. Now, it, I, the blog, it's in the show notes. There was nothing like, today I met with Hillary Clinton. Oh, what a delicious toddler we devoured. Adrenochrome for life. It was posts about his business. It was posts about these different... AI things he was working on or some program here and there. And at first I thought maybe it's a maybe it's run by someone in his company doing out press releases and stuff like that. The reason why I don't think it was was because Jeffrey Epstein it's his name listed as the person writing the article, his photos used for for the article and obviously anyone could do that. You could have a spokesperson do that. But I think he wrote it. I think he wrote it. And I think it's kind of an interesting insight into Jeffrey Epstein. Now, when I say wrote it, I think he was probably posting press releases that somebody else wrote. It was on Blogger. And and it's official in the sense, like, I got it. You could be like, well, I could start a Blogger account. I got it from Jeffrey Epstein's website. Like, you have to go through the web archives, the Wayback Machine. Jeffrey Epstein Foundation, Jeffrey Epstein VI Foundation's website had under the, I think it was the contact tab or whatever, blog. His personal email address is on there, and the blog. This he this blog was being written in 2013, so this was after his first arrest. And he's writing these posts, and this is another reason why. Think about it. Let's say it was your job to write. Let's say that some non-totally scuzzbag. Let's say that Chris Evans gets you to write his blog, right? And you're allowed to use his name and his face. And he goes, you know, just drum up support for stuff I'm doing. You would work your butt off to make sure people were visiting that blog, right? You wouldn't just write out in the empty empty sphere, knowing someday Chris Evans is going to go, hey, how's my blog going? And you're like, oh, it's great. No one visits it, but, you know, it's totally cool. What? Why am I paying you to do my blog if no one's visiting it? You'd at least fake it. You'd go to Fiverr and have someone fake do hits. Nobody visited Jeffrey Epstein's blog. It's so sad. If he wasn't a disgusting monster, it would be a little heartbreaking. Here is a man who was donating millions of dollars to businesses and charities and individuals, and nobody visited his blog. The first blog entry I found was about this AI program. He was talking about the AI program. And then I go down to the comments section. Here's a guy who knows presidents, sat on the Trilateral Commission, Council of Foreign Relations. New celebrities saw Matt Groening with no shoes on. One comment on his blog. It was from Jeffrey Epstein. All it said was, just checking out the comment section. Remember when you were in high school and you tried setting up your blog? Or you were in college and you were working on that, working on that story on Wattpad? Nervously pressed the publish button and waited to see what the response would be? Five weeks later, Maybe 10 hits, no comments. I mean, it sucked, right? We all went through that. My first 20 episodes, I probably had 14 listens each episode. But I've done other stuff. I've had blogs that have just failed. Started a blog, never took off. 
it's weird, huh? Because you don't think of somebody as rich and powerful as Jeffrey Epstein caring enough about his blog to check in on the comments section. There was an older post where somebody is talking about some program, and it was like paragraph after paragraph of, of some program they were working on with Jeffrey Epstein. But that's it. Jeffrey Epstein was a, a devastatingly lonely man, and I'm not using that as an excuse. I think actually he had a fear of adult women. I think there are different types of, of pedophiles. Some people have an, just an attraction to kids, and it's super gross. None of it is 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 um, understand. None of it is excusable. But some people they can go, yeah. Since I was 12, I never stopped being attracted to 12 year olds and stuff like that. I think Jeffrey Epstein was somebody. He, so the reports are he had an egg-shaped penis. We started the week off with an egg story. We're ending it. Jeffrey Epstein is reportedly from victims of his. Says that he has an egg-shaped penis. I don't even. I can't even visualize that. I think any adult woman would obviously have a hard time not laughing at that, right? I think if I had an egg-shaped penis, I, I would be nervous to have sex with women. And then you're paying prostitutes, and you still hear them snicker. Now, not all of us have perfect bodies, right? None of us have perfect bodies. Except Chris Evans and Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling. But we deal with it. We deal with what we have. And then if we can work on it and make it stronger or leaner or bigger or however you want your body to be, we can do that. Egg-shaped penis. It's hard, but not insurmountable. Someone can still love you. But for someone who's so rich and powerful, I think the only people who would accept him would be people who had no sexual experience whatsoever, who didn't know any better that that was, was that. Not excusing it, 100% not excusing it, obviously. But I think in the end, he was a profoundly lonely and disturbed person. And even though he was giving millions of dollars out to people, people would still not visit his blog. Even if it was run by an intern, that's still weird. But I know I wouldn't let, if I got an intern or an assistant or something like that, I would not let them use my photo and my name. But I could be wrong on that. I, you, you can check out the blog yourself. It, it, it seems like I got the feeling that that was his blog. I got the feeling that that was his personal thing. But even if it wasn't, it's just, people just didn't want to interact with him. They wanted his money. He's he's gross. I mean, I don't blame them. But on his side, he was lonely. And and to to add to all this, he died alone in his cell. Now, if he was murdered, your murderer doesn't count, right? You're still dying alone. There may be another human in there strangling you. And I'm always kind of I'm kind I I feel bad for hedging my bets on that one. But I don't. I honestly don't know. Like, that's something that I feel like I waffle on, and I don't like waffling that much. But I honestly, I don't know. He's dead. We know the end result. But whether he killed himself, whether he was forced to kill himself, or whether someone else killed him, the end result was he didn't face justice. Not only did he die alone, his legacy was destroyed. Not only is his name synonymous with one of the most vile crimes that a human can commit, to, af- to avoid his grave getting defaced, he's at an unmarked grave in this graveyard. And he was buried next to his parents. And just so people couldn't go, well, let's just look for his parents and deface the gravestone next to it, they had 
parents' gravestones removed, and they are now also at unmarked graves. He destroyed his family. His brother had to come down and pick up the body, had to have the family names removed from the tombstones. A deeply disturbed person, certainly, who wanted to spread his seed around the world and live forever. But I think at some point he realized that what's the point in living forever if in this lifetime right now, even the people you give money to don't care about you? And I think that kind of makes me lean more towards the suicide thing. Because if he had absolutely no real friends in the real world while he was a millionaire, he knew now that he was behind bars facing serious crimes, he was 100% alone. If his money didn't buy him real friendships on the outside, it's definitely not going to buy him anything while he's locked up. When he's toxic, no one wants to be near him. So if Jeffrey Epstein is lost in cyberspace somewhere, He's still trapped in a world that hates him, that actively hates him. He may have his perfect AI playground that he exists in, but he has to know it's all an illusion. He has to know that people despised him when he was alive, ignored him when he was imprisoned, and now simply mock him in death. There is no more fitting legacy for a man like Jeffrey Epstein, a monster of the modern age. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. I just recorded all my episodes, baby. I'm going on vacation. Woo-hoo! Hey, guys, I hope you have fun listening to these episodes. I'm just going to be so relaxed. I'm going to be so relaxed. I'm not talking about Jeffrey Epstein no more. I'm just going to be so relaxed. And I, I, this has been a whirlwind. If you guys knew how much work I put in these past... But thank you for sticking with the show. I got all my episodes recorded. I get to take three weeks off. I love you guys. Maybe I'll see some of you on the Minecraft server. Maybe the world didn't end while these episodes are airing. I love you guys. And I will see you in one week. Your time future time. Here's a week of repeats and then I'll see you. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.